Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Chirp and Yodis. I blew the intro once again. Uh, we're joined again with Haynes, our uh, favorite guest of all time. Sorry, Devin, but it's true. Uh, he had some for spare time to talk hockey with us uh, before the season gets started. Uh, boys, how are we doing? Uh, outside of the 22-day stretch at work I'm doing right now, 22 straight days at work, doing pretty good. Sorry for to everyone. The length on the the length between the two pods is a hundred percent on me due to my work schedule. Um, All complaints go to him. Time. How about you guys? Yeah, man, I've just been uh, doing normal stuff, working. Uh, well, obviously, not twenty-two days in a row. Thank freaking God, I'd be dead. <laughs> uh, but uh, had some. Sickness in the family. Kids can't seem to get over it. Nothing COVID related or anything like that, but another little virus called RSV or something. I don't know. They're on antibiotics, but they're they're on the mend. So that's always good, but uh, you know, makes them nice and whiny. So just get to deal with a bunch of crap at work and then get to get home and deal with a bunch of whining. It's just it's been a fantastic week. <laughs> How about you? I you, you know it's been good. You know I've been uh busy with some work. I'm looking for some um. Looking for some new journalism jobs, maybe cover some cover some college football. Just waiting to hear back from a couple of places, but uh, been good. I'm happy back on again. Love talking hockey with y'all. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, me oh, yeah. too. Yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of slow. Luckily, in our absence, we haven't had too. I mean, I guess obviously there is that one big elephant in the room called Glendale, but no one likes him anyway, so it's fine. Glendale, 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 yeah, Glendale. <laughs> Tempe, Glendale, Prescott, Tuxin. We just have them all here, folks. Tuxin, we got them all here, folks. Phoenix, Prescott, looked on Phoenix, looked on Phoenix, Princess Phoenix. Uh, I can keep going. I should be a rapper. But we do have. Uh, <laughs> I won't quit my day job, boys. It's okay. Relax, relax. Um, so we do have uh, some. Oh, if I can. Stop missing it. If you hear a little chingling in the background, it's my dog. I'm um, sorry about that. He decided to hang out with us tonight. Uh, so the first bit of news we have is jersey ads are on the jerseys. I think they definitely took inspiration from the uh, NBA. I guess just want to get your general thoughts on this, boys. Just a quick little uh, warm-up for us here. What do, you, what do you guys think? Anybody can go. Honestly, I don't mind it as long as we don't transform into the Euro League three quarters of the jersey is a billboard type thing one little patch two little patches you know what if it makes the team money it makes the team money you can choose to not buy the jerseys with it when you buy your own jersey or you can choose to buy it without or with oh i bungled that bad (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you can tell we're rusty uh but yeah you can choose to buy advertising or without the patch um i don't mind it like i said it's a way to recoup some finances from the crazy two years of losses that the nhl has just gone through so i mean that's really all i have to say about it yeah i don't i don't have much more to add to it Grady. I'm, I'm kind of of the same thing obviously um you know um wouldn't be thrilled if it you know starts getting more and more prevalent on especially the sweaters 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the the Euro stuff with you know head to toe socks, you know shorts, jerseys. Uh, I mean now we've got helmet ads and we've got uh, one patch on the jersey. Uh, my hope is that uh, they'll hopefully stop there, but um, never really minded the helmet ads. Um, and I don't think I'll mind this one either. It's just kind of one of those things um, that, you know, it's 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 a business that uh, has sustained losses, just like everything else um, in this crazy time that we live in right now. And uh, I've got no problems, you know, selling a little square patch, uh, you know, to hopefully recoup some of that. And let's be honest, uh, our beloved Yotes, you know, we we need all the funds coming in that we can get. So. It's going to be like we've alluded to a rough couple of years, but um, you know we got to start hopefully showing you know that we can actually start not losing tons of money and hopefully get that turned around and you know get some stability going. But what about you, boys? Um, I yeah, I y'all, I mean, really hit it on top of the uh, head there with y'all's responses. I mean, I like most people wasn't the biggest fan when they announced that ads were going to be on jerseys and, you know, I'm still trying to process it. You know, the NBA has done it. And my kind of thought is seeing the NBA do it. I've gradually, I don't know if other people have, but I kind of don't even really notice the ads on jerseys anymore with the NBA. I mean, it's not like it's so blown out and over the top. And I think that's kind of going to be with the NHL. I mean, you're going to be watching these games from a widescreen view. Like you're not going to be seeing these ads up close unless they, you know, pan in, zoom in. So, I mean, I don't think it's really going to bother people much. I mean, yes, you can still buy the jerseys without patches or with the patches. Um, but I think it is a great way for the NHL to recoup some money lost for COVID and all that. But, you know, I would hope that they, like you guys were saying, I hope they would stop after, you know, helmet and the one jersey patch. I just don't want to see them wind up like the minor leagues or like the like Euro leagues and all that and have like the whole ads everywhere. But I, I don't think they would do that. I think the NHL and even Bettman talks all the time about how he loves the simplicity of just the natural jersey, nothing on it. So I don't see him going any further than one patch on it. So hopefully he'll stay that way. Yeah, and I mean, I just feel like the NHL sweater is pretty, pretty sacred. So I would agree there as well. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think my biggest thing is uh, my biggest worry is that it will escalate because we got the helmet one. People were kind of upset about it, whatever, and, and now they're going to. Jer- I don't think it's the biggest deal. I watch, you know, European soccer all the time. Uh, the ads are part of the uniform, part of the identity. The only time it sucks is when you have a bad uh, sponsor, like Chelsea has this ugly three which is apparently some cell phone company it just looks really weird. It looks like everybody's wearing the number three, but some fashionable three. But overall, I don't think it's that bad. Like you guys said, I mean, they got to make money. I can't imagine how much it costs running a team like that. I don't pretend to know. Um, yeah, I just hope we get tasteful ones and ones that are hopefully related to the Valley. I hope we don't get PayPal or some random Harley Davidson, something that relates to us, I hope. That's my biggest worry. But if you guys were to choose... Who would uh, keep it appropriate for our beautiful advertisers? Um, who would you want to sponsor the Coyotes if you guys could choose? Uh, Granny, you got one? So, yeah, I do, actually. It's uh, <clears throat> maybe not the biggest sponsor, maybe not the most well-known, especially outside of the state of Arizona, but it is something that is absolutely integral to Arizona hockey. And that would be behind the mask. Get some behind the mask 
um, ads going and just give a little love to a group of stores, a local owned group of stores that have helped hockey grow in Arizona immensely. I personally, when I lived down there, I had shopped there five, six times for my gear. Um, it may not be as fun as my answer of Filiberto's, but it's just, like I said, money-wise, I understand why this will never happen. It would just be something I would personally like to see, though. Yeah, I can't even. It's a good one. Honestly. Decide on what I'd like to have them be. I, I mean, I'm sure we're either going to get you know something uh, like Wild Horse, Wild Horse Pass Casino, or you know Talking Stick, or Desert Financial Credit Union, or Desert Schools, or whatever it is now. But uh, yeah, I don't know what I'd have to be honest. What about you, Tyler Haynes? You guys got anything? I do actually. Uh, if I can jump ahead here, I, I think another local one that may have a little bit more. I guess power in that after we state 48. I think they're really good. They're really growing a lot. I like them alive shop there. Many times I visit and I move back. I'm sure they'll have most of my paychecks anyway. Uh, they'd be good. Obviously Philly Pertos is still my favorite of all time. That, that could happen. I would love that. I would actually buy the Jersey that has the advertising thing. That'd just be hilarious. Um, <laughs> I think you are Makayos. I, like I said, I want to keep it local if we can. Even Gila River would be fine. I'm not opposed to Gila River. At least it's a local casino. I'm cool with that. Uh, one would be really funny. I'm just going to say the hub. They're pretty funny. We all know what we're referring to. We're just going to leave it at that. Um, but yeah, that's really all I can think of that I would really want for advertising. I'm really not too picky as long as you know it's local. Well, you, Haynes, got anything? Yeah, I, I kind of had two. I was um, bring hockey back. I kind of touched with y'all before we started the episode. There, um, if I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong. They're based in Arizona, and Bring Hockey Back is a very popular clothing company, and I would think they'd be a really good one to have for Arizona. I think the Coyotes could get a lot, uh, generate a lot of revenue off having Bring Hockey Back on the uh, sweaters, or even um, Dutch Bros. I know Dutch Bros is a big thing in Arizona, and I know they've had the Dutch Bros patch on their practice jerseys. So I mean, I think they would be another Super One too. But I think all of y'all's was real, were really good as well. I think. State 48 could definitely be one. I definitely think Behind the Mask could be one. I definitely think Gila River Arena Casino or Gila River Casinos could be yep. one. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many options I think the Coyotes have. I definitely think they're already in talks with all those people about what they want to go forth with. And with Hockey back, too, I mean, they've collabed with the Coyotes before, if I'm not mistaken, last year on a hat, correct? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah they did. And a flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely works. And we will shill for free three companies out there. And that is Behind the Mask, Bring Hockey Back, and Craig Morgan. And, and State 48. So, four. State 48. So, four. Yeah. And that. On Philly Bertos. No, if you want us to keep uh, shilling, <laughs> we are going to need that check. Yeah, <laughs> but those... done. they've been through they've helped me out through many stages of my life so I appreciate them being there so they get a freebie <laughs> but, but yeah those four companies are just amazing and so important to 
hockey in Arizona. And yes, even though I know Craig Morgan is a person, his his, uh, his thing on the yeah. jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that. Be funny, AZ Coyotes insider on the jersey. Um, but yeah, just uh, those four comp- those four groups, like I said, are just so important to Arizona hockey. It's really hard to understate it. I think all yes. of us want to bring hockey back shirt. Oh yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I bought their cancer one last year. Hockey fights for a cure. I bought that one. Yeah, I got another one. Got the Kachina shorts, Kachina tank. You got the wife, the Kachina tank. I got the Kachina shorts too, actually. I have yeah. those. They are fire. Yeah, they are I the, comfortable. I have the boring hockey shirt after the uh, last year or two years ago when we played against Edmonton. The reporters said the guys play very boring style hockey and they made the. Uh, the boring hockey shirt with the coyote on it. So I have I have the boring hockey shirt and I, I am very proud to represent it. Yep. Well they should be advertisers. Maybe maybe our legal team can send them an email or something. Note to self. But the next thing is speaking of just sponsorships and, and all that, we have the Kachina Center Ice logo. And I think everyone here safe to say one here is excited for that. Yes. Uh, any oh, yeah. I mean any detracting thoughts on being excited about it? No, no, I mean, everything about it just looks so sharp and so clean. I mean, it's just so nice. Mm-hmm. Did a really good job I doing that. love the details on the red line. It's just, there's so yeah. many little things. The only thing that hit me hard, the only thing that made me a little sad, even though I know in the long run it will be good, was a realization that this is the last time we're going to see that logo on that ice. But yep. that's another subject. Next topic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, two things came to mind when I saw the center ice logo and center line design. And that was just freaking fire. It was the first one. And then the second one, it, ju- it just looks and feels right. Like we're going back to, you know, olden or the original days and it just feels good and it feels right and i mean that's really all i have to say about it and it's just awesome yeah no i i agree with you and you know i'm a big uniform logo fanatic and for me the things that really stood out were with it was it was nothing changed it was straight up the same original arizona coyotes phoenix coyotes logo from the Kachina days, there was no different colorization, which makes me think that if they're going to put that center ice, you got to think that Kachina logo is not being touched or changed in any way. Otherwise, you wouldn't have put that center ice. So I'm hopefully thinking that just means we're going to have maybe some new Kachina implemented style logos brought in. But just seeing that logo on ice and seeing that it's still just a perfect kachina logo makes me so happy to know that they were smart and they didn't touch that and they did not change that logo it's sacred my only thing i'm not again i'm not trying to get the pitchforks not trying to be that guy or anything i actually wish they kept the the, uh, crescent moon in the center another thing i don't like like because i absolutely do i love it don't get me wrong but that's that crescent moon just hits so different i love that logo i love that in the center ice so much but again i'm happy with the I love the crescent moon, but man, there's something special about seeing our logo on the ice. Looks good. Our primary logo. Our um, new old primary logo. 
I loved right? it. I loved seeing it. Looks and they did a good job. They, I actually, that's my um, lock screen on my phone. Is the like the one they have it zoomed in? That's actually my my lock screen. So, so now, as fun as that topic was, and what Grandy perfectly alluded to, uh, as many listeners have already heard or probably seen some discussions or discussed themselves, the Coyotes once again, surprise, surprise, have arena drama. Uh, this time, Glendale. Essentially kicking us out. Uh, I know we all have our thoughts on it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to start this one. Just uh, sounds like a broken record. Just uh, my thing about it is, I mean, from what I remember right, any boys, feel free to jump in and correct me. Um, we had a long-term agreement with them. They broke it off. We've been kind of doing these year to years. They heard about Tempe, and then now they're like, well, give us a long-term deal or get out. That's what it seems like to me. Could be wrong. I miss. I don't know if I miss any. You know, I know obviously there's more details, but you know what I'm trying to say. That's... And honestly, what's up? Go ahead. Oh, no, finish. I was going to say, I was like, I think that's pretty much the, the nutshell of the news, right? I, I mean, I think I don't think I missed a major point, right? That I'm aware mm-hmm. of. No, no. I, 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 think you, I oh. think you hit it right there. So, I mean, I, I think it's a stupid. I think it's, I'm glad that the Tempe Arena is going to be privately owned from what I've, again, these are all leaks and rumors, whatever it may be. From what I've heard, if I'm wrong again, correct me privately owned for this reason. This is the exact reason I think, and if any sports team, if you can own your own arena, obviously it's not always possible and it's okay because this reason, you know, Glendale just kind of was like, oh, well, oh, well, leave. And it's like now, you know, relocation rumors are all over the place. We're Coyotes fans. We've seen it since what, 2009. So really 11 years, 12 years, I can do math of this. I'm, I'm just tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing, even my dad got home from Korea. He just flew in. One of like the earliest things he said was like, oh, I heard the, Coyotes are moving to Houston. I was like, no, they're not moving to Houston. And, you know, obviously he was just poking fun, but still, you hear it all over the internet. And then luckily, um, what's that player's name defending um, Eddie Lack, right? That's Eddie the one. Lack. That's it. Yep. Okay, cool. I do research. See, we're a research podcast. Legendary. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely legendary. And it's just exhausting. And, but, you know, I mean, I have so many thoughts on it, to be honest with you. I feel most. I feel the most for the casual fan. Other core fans, we're going to be. What? Listen, so we haven't left yet. We're not going to leave now, sort of thing. And but those casual fans who are really growing, I'd say, boys. I mean, with our listenership going up, uh, just in general, seeing the Coyotes kind of grow, and now we have this. It's like, well, now that casual fans, are like, well, maybe I shouldn't buy tickets. Maybe I shouldn't go buy this jersey. Maybe I shouldn't. And that's what I'm most. I feel most bad for, you know, because they don't get the hardcore view they're not going to look into it more than just what 12 news is going to say at 5 p.m you know so take the floor away boys sorry about really, that little if tangent. i can add to that mm-hmm. one thing that's really bummed me out the most we're going to deal with all the knuckleheads up in canada trying to move us up there we're going to deal with we've dealt with all this before we'll deal with it again the thing that pums me out so much is seeing some hardcore fans that I respect and I respect their hockey knowledge acting like this is a five alarm fire. All this does is just do more to scare away the casual fans. Um, and the other thing that hurts is the 
Arizona sports fans who aren't into hockey are most of them that I've seen are sitting there going, oh, I'll just take them away. Good riddance. And it's just, why? Just support us. It's painful. It's something we've gone through for 12 years, and I'm just sick of it. I will say the one thing that does worry me slightly in this whole deal is the late rent payments. But we don't know the full story on that. The only way we will know the full story on that is if the Coyotes come out and give their side. And they won't. They they don't talk. They're not very open about the goings-on behind there. They never have been since the Marlos have taken over. And that's fine. They don't have to be public with it. In... On the Glendale situation, let's also not act like they've never been petty before. Remember, they fired the Coyotes and hired the owners of the Los Angeles Kings when they were our biggest competition, our biggest rival. They hired those owners to run the arena. The owners of the Los Angeles Kings run the Coyotes arena. How much of a slap in the face pettiness is that to you? And then you have the long-term implications that Glendale's sitting there trying to say that, oh, we only need 20 events a year. When the Coyotes Arena in Tempe opens up, if it opens up, cross knock on wood, how are you going to get 20 events? You have to fight with how many Better locations? Well, tons. I mean, that new Tempe one, well, people want to go there because it's brand new. You have the Phoenix, or what is it, Footprint Center, Footprint Arena, whatever it is. You have that thing on McDowell, I think, is still being used for things. You have other, I mean, tons of venues. I mean, and here in Glendale, you're way out of the way. That was what kind of kneecapped us since 2003. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I'm looking forward to the Glendale situation being over. But we've been through this before, Coyotes fans. Don't panic. Don't start screaming fire. It's not the end of the world. If Tempe falls through, then we should start worrying. But I'm not even going to break a sweat till then. I'm just sick and tired of hearing about this. Yeah. Finding... As long as we have that temporary home, as long as Tempe is there, we're good. You can find a place to play for three years until it's built. You can play on the at the Madhouse on McDowell. You can play in ASU as much as that isn't as much as either of those aren't ideal. I mean, there, you even have the nuclear option of sharing an arena with a Vegas or an Anaheim if you really need to. There's options out there that, while not ideal, will work for three years. And if you're going to tell me that the most ideal thing is staying in Glendale for three years, that's how is that more ideal than McDowell? How it's what we've been through for the last what fifteen years? 
And the worst part of it is we had a long-term deal and they originally with their counsel, whoever, screw them, decided to break it. So it's like, what would you but want us to do? That That's the other, that's another frustrating thing I've seen is I've seen people blaming Morello for the one year deal thing, the one year leases thing. No, no, no. The one year leases go all the way back to ice edge holdings. Yep. This isn't a new thing. We've been on it, and the reason we've been on it is Glendale has feared this exact situation. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, let's not uh, just drift over the the fact that Glendale was probably the worst idea from the start. Um, <laughs> worst city yeah. too. That city sucks. I mean, yeah. no, it's a great place to live. Sorry, Glendale yeah. City Council. <laughs> Your water park will be very successful in a drought. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much echo your sentiments, Grandy. It's uh, you know, you see all the the crap online and um, everybody um, you know freaking out about it, and it's just like, man, uh, if we freaked out every time something like this has popped up, uh, you know, we'd all probably be dead. Uh, we'd probably it, be in an insane asylum. Yep, yep. I mean, it's just it's common. That's what happens it, every real, year. And real quick. For the people that aren't in Arizona that listen to this podcast, just something I want you guys to understand. When I lived in Arizona, I lived in Prescott, which is what, 55 miles away from Phoenix? It's Prescott. It's Prescott. It's not Prescott, it's Prescott. Anyways, (laughs) we lived 50, I lived 55 miles away from the arena. It literally took me quicker to get there from Prescott. 55 miles away than it would take somebody driving from the East Valley to Glendale. That's how bad this situation is. That's how bad the arena placement is. Yep. (sighs) Yep, and I'm over here in East Mesa, and yep, it it takes me a long time. And it's during the week. How many hockey games are on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights? You know, yeah, the Cardinals do okay. One, NFLs is more popular everywhere, so that's to be expected. But you do it on a Sunday, maybe a Monday, the occasional Thursday. You, you know, also but those are eight times. Yeah, exactly. Eight times a year. So yeah. as opposed to 41. And I mean, yeah, the 202 has helped, but I mean, there's it's only not... so much you can do. Yeah. What about you, Haynes? Any, any thoughts on glendale terminating and what that means for the yeah and down the line yeah i um i was i was excited to talk about this you know i'm i'm not from arizona first and foremost for all of our listeners that are tuning in that listen to us i'm not from arizona i'm from south carolina and the closest team to me is the hurricanes in raleigh but i've been a coyotes fan since i was five i'm 22 now and I have dealt with relocation rumors and people constantly telling me the Coyotes need to go move to Quebec. They need to move, or my bad, to Quebec. They need to go to Houston. They need to go to Kansas City. They need to leave Arizona. They're not going to make any money in Arizona. It's a poorly run franchise in Arizona. I get that. Has it been great in the last 12, 15 years in Arizona? No. Arizona's dealt with a lot. The NHL had owned them at one point. Ownership was a problem with them. Um... um Morello, you know, finally for the once in their life, they have stable ownership. They have a stable coach. They have a stable fan base. And, you know, and they still get so much crap from everybody. And and it's just because 
and it's all the Canadian people. It's the people that don't think it's fair that someone like Arizona has a hockey team because Canada has only has eight, and they're so upset because Quebec City's not there anymore. And you know, Quebec City would totally make them so much more money, according to them, than Arizona would make you. And you know. And, you know, personally, if I'm offending anybody that's a Canadian fan that's listening to this, I'm sorry if I am. But, you know, I'm 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 being honest here. I think it, you know, it would not work out. I mean, you're talking having to realign divisions again. People are saying the Coyotes going to the Central. I've heard this one. People saying that going to the Central makes no sense because, well, now you should just move them to Houston. But people don't realize Arizona, when they moved from Winnipeg to NHL or to the Arizona in the '96, they were in the Central Division for, I, I think, until 2003. They were in the Central Division. They were their first like six, seven years in, in the NHL. They played in the Central Division, so it really isn't like the Coyotes haven't done this before. But at the same time, I kind of just want to hit every y'all all talked about just because it's it means so much to me. I the whole idea of people saying Arizona needs to move. Arizona's going to move this year. Arizona has been in Arizona for 25 years. The Coyotes have been in Arizona for 25 seasons, 26 this upcoming year. If they were going to relocate at any point, they would have done it by now. I mean, that's point blank the honest truth. If they were going to have relocated, they would have done it now. Do I think a main reason them leaving is because of the NHL wanting to see it succeed there? Yes. And I think, undoubtedly, I think as long as – Gary Bettman's in charge and is commissioner of the league. Arizona is not going anywhere. He believes hockey in Arizona. Hockey can thrive in Arizona. They're one of the top markets in the USA in the last, like, five, six years for hockey growth. They have produced first-round draft picks in Austin Matthews, Kachucks. Josh Stone is just a second-round pick from Arizona. They have proved countless times that hockey can work there, but people don't want to believe that. They want to call it, it's a desert. Hockey doesn't work in the desert. Well, what about Vegas? Vegas is in the desert. I don't hear Vegas getting slapped for where they are. Out Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Jose, they play in California. You wouldn't think hockey's there. I don't hear them getting slapped. So why does Arizona get it? We're in all the same geographical area. What, because we don't have the success that some of those have? We just don't deserve to have a hockey team? It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know... Hitting on the Glendale part, I, I think this was something I talked on the Locked on Yotes podcast or Locked on Coyotes podcast a couple nights ago for anybody that had listened to that. I hit on this topic here, and I just want to kind of hit over it some more. I think this was something that we knew was coming, and I think this is something that doesn't shock us seeing it's coming. I mean, it is a shocker, but at the same time, I think, like you guys were saying, I think, honestly, this is Glendale seeing it as in – them, I mean, them coming out with their story that this has nothing to do with Tempe, to be honest, I'm not trying to be rude and, and part of my language, but I think that's a load. I just think it's bogus. I think it's it, – that's just a lie. I generally think this is 100% about money. They know they're going to lose Arizona. They're making lies up that we can make more money through concert. That's that's not true. You're not going to be able to fill that arena more out now they don't – you're not going to have a hockey team in the year than you will with a hockey team. I, I just – looking at numbers and statistics, it that doesn't pan out. You're making more money on a Friday, Wednesday night hockey game than you are for a concert. That's just the honest truth. And, you know, and why it does suck, I think there's a lot of positives. I mean, you guys were mentioning the Madhouse and McDowell, and, you know, you mentioned Arizona State's Arena and Tempe, and you uh, mentioned the – 
proposed an arena deal in Tempe. And, you know, why I know it would suck playing at Arizona State. I mean, if you got to play there for three years to have an arena, you're going to take that over playing in an area where the city literally doesn't want you there. And if you don't feel welcome there, there's no reason to stay there. And I know that's how Morella's looking at it. He's seen the past history. He knows they don't care. And they don't care for the Coyotes. And you know what? I, screw Glendale for that. Move out. Don't If they don't want us there, don't be there. And, you know, and I think I, we all hope that the arena works out in Tempe, in Tempe. And, you know, I don't want fans to start panicking like y'all are saying, saying, you know, it's a fire. It, this is not a fire. This is something we've dealt with before. Heck, at one point we were owned by the NHL. People literally, we were on the verge of being sold to Houston or to Quebec. And, and it didn't happen. And I, it's not happening now. I mean, I, do I think if Tempe, Tempe, my bad, if Tempe doesn't happen, do I think we're in trouble? Me personally, I don't think so. And this is why. I think the Madhouse on McDowell, I know that there's a lot of reports saying that if they were going to play there, uh, they would have to do millions of dollars in renovation to bring it up to NHL standards. And the Kais may not be willing to do that. But if the arena deal doesn't work in Tempe, why not do the renovations at the Madhouse? If you could renovate the Madhouse knowing the Tempe arena deal doesn't go through, why not renovate the Madhouse? It was a hockey arena once. It seats over 15,000 people. It's NHL regulation. Do the necessary repairs there. You already have the arena that's built. You don't have to tear it down. It's going to take you less time to renovate it and get set up in time to host an NHL team. It's closer to Phoenix and Tempe. I mean, why not move into that arena. That's just my thought process. I know people are saying, well, if they don't work out this deal with Tempe, it's all over for Arizona. No, you have the Madhouse. I honestly would genuinely, if they cannot get a Dina arena deal worked out with Tempe, move to the Madhouse. You have that arena ready. Spend the money. We know Morello does not have a problem with spending money, and we know he's not going to move this team. He's literally can legally gamble in Arizona now in sports. He's not going to give that up. He has the money. He just opened casinos. I mean, if if he could get an NHL arena ready now and all he had to do is spend a couple million dollars to renovate it up compared to playing at, like, Glendale for another year or something or playing in Tucson at Arizona State, I think he would honestly take it. I think it's it's the smartest move um, logistically. I mean, I, I think if it doesn't work in Tempe, I think the Madhouse of McDowell is the next best option that you have i think it's the next best option i think it's hockey's work there you can renovate it spend probably a lot less money than you would to privately own an arena and not only that but you could privately put the funds towards renovating that arena and it's up to standard but you know i i understand the fans like you guys said and you know i'm sorry for sitting here and rambling on but you know i understand the fans and you know it's it's hard being a coyotes fan it, it generally is it's you can't go anywhere and see anything posted about the Coyotes without seeing someone commenting in saying they don't deserve a hockey team. They don't deserve they don't deserve hockey in Arizona. They this is a poverty franchise. It's a worthless franchise. Why does why is this even still in Arizona anymore? Move them out. The experiment's over. And yeah. my response to those people is just, you know, mind your own business. If and and, 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 and this too, is man. what I'm yeah, and I mean this is where I'm coming from them. And and this is my response to Canadian people. And you know if it if it upsets some of you Canadian fans out there, I'm sorry, but this is the truth. The fans that come to Arizona saying they don't belong there, what about Ottawa? What about Calgary? 
Calgary a couple years ago threatened to move the team out of Canada if they didn't work out an arena deal. Ottawa has management problems. They have low attendance numbers. They've threatened relocation and moving. Two of your big Canadian markets have both relocated, asked, have threatened relocation, but we're not going to bring that up. Instead, we're going to say that hockey works in Canada no matter where you put it. Let's not, we're not even going to mention the possibility that Calgary has threatened to relocate. No, they won't bring that up. Instead, they're just going to tell you that hockey always has worked in Canada. It will work anytime you put it in Canada, and it won't work in Arizona because hockey doesn't work in a desert. But it, I mean, you go right back to Vegas. Vegas is in a desert. I mean, Las Vegas is not a desert, but it's surrounded by a desert. I mean, hockey works there. They've made it work. If the Coyotes can get success and get into the right area and start turning profit, then all this is going to go away. But I, I generally feel bad for fans. I, you know, I don't live there in Arizona with y'all, and I don't. But I, I generally do feel y'all's heartbreak, and I literally do. It, you know, it bites me to the core to know every day I'm constantly dealing with having to hear these remarks and comments or all people on Sportsnet, TSN, or the Kyers relocating, where they should they relocate? You know, just stop it. Like, it's it's old. It's I'm tired of it. Y'all are tired of it. The fans are tired of it. The city of Arizona is tired of it. It's not happening. We've been here for 25 years, and we haven't moved once. It's not happening anytime soon. Quebec City is not getting a hockey team. Literally, I saw an article yesterday that the, the hockey in Houston would not work out because the owner that they want to play at the Rockets Arena, he has told numerous times he does not want to bring a hockey team into Houston and share the arena there. It's not going to work in either location. And I know we're still going to hear it. And, you know, in teams like Florida, they hear it all the time for the longest time, too. You know, they've turned a corner. They've hit some success. And hopefully they have to stop hearing the end of it. Carolina, for the longest time, heard it. They're on a success now. They don't have to hear anymore. And, you know, I just – I hope for the day when all these Canadian people, all these other fans of NHL teams can eat their own words and, you know – Arizona gets the last laugh, but you know I generally don't think it's anything that we should worry about. You, we've been here before, fans. This is not anything new. If Tim P falls through, we still have the madhouse of McDowell. I generally believe that's Morello's second backup plan is just to renovate that and make that the home, which would be perfectly fine because you could call it the doghouse. I've seen that that that'd be a perfect name for a team like the Coyotes playing at the doghouse. I generally believe there's nothing to worry about now. If both fall through. Yeah, we should probably hit a panic button. But for the fans that are just the people like you guys said that aren't hockey fans, for the fans throwing in the towel and saying just move them, I I don't even understand how you can say that about your own sports team. Whether you watch hockey or not, how can you sit there and say just move the team then? That literally there are people living in that city, in that state, that bleed and die coyotes. And just because you don't like hockey – just means that the whole state of Arizona should lose a sports team. It, it's just, it's, it's baffling to me. And, you know, and I'm coming to a close here on my ramble, but, you know, it's just, I want to say so much because it's so much I put up with. It's so much y'all put up. It's so much what the fans put up with, with ownership puts up with. And, you know, I think Morello and them have a plan in place. I, they, I generally know what they're going to do. And I think they've already taught this out prior to advancement, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully everything pans itself out and the Coyotes can move on from Glendale. It was a rocky relationship from the get-go, from 2003 until present. It's been a rocky relationship. It hit its rocky point in 2015 when the 15-year lease was canceled. It's something that we've been dealing with forever. You know, the sooner we can get out, the sooner we can move on. Eddie Lack backed us up. 
so many companies in Arizona bring back uh, hockey back behind the mask. They have all support the Coyotes. They believe the Coyotes belong in Arizona. Everybody knows the Coyotes belong in Arizona. There's no reason to move the team. The fans, they have fans there. I know people make the joke they don't have fans there. The Coyotes have fans. They have people that live and die hockey that grew up on it. And it, you, it, they don't deserve to lose a hockey team just because you guys think they haven't done anything in 25 years. There's a lot of teams that haven't done things in 25 years that you don't see me going around saying. I mean, the heck, the Sharks haven't won the Stanley Cup and made the finals once in their history, but you don't see me going around saying San Jose should relocate because they only had one decent season where they were actually a legitimate team. No, I. you can't base off a team having no fans because they've had some bad years and most of their history has not been the greatest. You can't base them off of no fans. They have a screaming, diehard fan base that loves the team and loves the city of Arizona and wants the best for them. People want the best for them. To the journalists out there that I follow, I cover with, shame on y'all for going around saying the Coyotes don't deserve having hockey in Arizona. Shame on you for destroying kids' hopes to believe that hockey can work anywhere. Shame on you for crushing people and ruining your reputation saying that Arizona is a failed experiment. I have no... I have no respect for people that go around and say that. If you're a journalist and you're going to sit there, let me dead in my eyes and tell me people don't deserve to have hockey there. Kids don't deserve to have to be able to have the Coyotes as inspirations again to the sport. I don't have any respect for your credibility. Yeah, you touched on quite a few good things, uh, Hanson. Um, One thing I wanted to circle back on, actually two things. Um, as far as, uh, you know, Arizona sports fans in general, I think everyone here can agree that, you know, hockey's are, and the Coyotes are true number one in our hearts and everything like that. But, um, you know, recent memory, I mean, we're, we're all Arizona. Like, I mean, you know, we cheer for the Diamondbacks. They stink. We cheer for the Suns. They've stunk forever until this last year. Uh, cheer for the Cardinals. You know, they have not been great historically either. But, you know, we've had a couple solid little spurts here and there with them that, you know, it's, it's always fun to get behind these Arizona teams and, you know, enjoy the success of, you know, teams that we don't necessarily are number one team or anything like that, but they're Arizona teams. And, you know, I mean, Diamondbacks is a are a dumpster fire. Um, always have been, um, except for you know our early history and you know pretty much. Uh, I mean, they they bought the World Series that year, but I don't care about that. I mean, it was one hell of a ride back in the day. Um, but the second thing that I wanted to kind of tag back to was um, you know uh, the comments about ownership and Morello having these plans and everything like that, backups and stuff like that. I will say. Um, you know, the, the statement that the team put out, Xavier Gutierrez put out, um, it obviously made me feel good. Um, I wasn't con- extremely concerned. Like I said, I, I've known this Glendale breakup that has been coming. It's been nasty. I mean, you look back to like the Goldwater issues. Uh, I can't remember the mayor's name, Moyer, or something like that, uh, back when the lease was terminated. But, I mean, we, th- this – this, the writing's been on the wall as far as this exit coming. Um, like I said, it, it's a failure from the beginning. It was the worst place that we could have put this team uh, and you know had their arena built um, for many, many of reasons. But uh, I won't beat that one anymore. But uh, you know, 
um, that statement that they put out, it, it made me feel good as, you know, like uh, as a fan number one. And, uh, you know, that, that would be my advice as far as, um, you know, casual fans or any of the other Arizona sports fans. Go, go read that. Like some thought was put into that statement. They believe that hockey works here. They believe that this is the home of the Coyotes. They believe we're not going anywhere. They believe we're staying in Arizona. And that's what I'm basing, you know, everything on my outlook and everything like that off of. I legitimately feel like that we have uh, stable ownership. Um, there's been some missteps along the way in their early tenure here, but that's to be expected. They've never owned a you know franchise like this before or anything like that. Um, so there there has been the occasional misstep and you know issues like that. But uh, you know I, I literally feel like once this little saga is past us, um, you know by the time that we can have renovations or a new arena built. I think we're going to be playing some pretty damn good hockey with the uh, you know assets that we have reaccumulated. Um, I think we're going to be hitting on all cylinders in two to three years or close to, or you know, kind of building up to that final peak uh, shortly thereafter. That so I'm excited to be a fan. Always have been. They're my number one love for a team in Arizona, and uh, I will support them until my very end of existence but i just wanted to you know kind of circle back and touch on those two things because that was uh you know two thoughts that um i wanted to cover and i was glad that you brought those up and hit on those so thank you uh grandy my train of thought just crashed sorry about that did you have anything you want to do um circle back to add to before i close it up yeah on the whole hockey always works in canada thing one of the te- one of the cities that always gets brought up as a relocation one is Hamilton. Hamilton couldn't even support an AHL team and had to go back to the OHL. I mean, it doesn't. There's various other factors at play too, other than just filling the arena. The do you know the biggest reason hockey's not going to leave the state of Arizona? legalized sports betting. Mm-hmm. Morello could not sell a single seat and still probably make money once this comes in. Mm-hmm. It, I touched on that. Yeah, it's just... There's so much other stuff going on than just attendance numbers. Have the Coyotes been a train wreck for most of their existence? Absolutely. It's been painful. It's been awful. But we need the stability, and we haven't had that. It looks like finally we're going forward with some stability in a plan. It's just it's going to be a rough couple years it's going to be a rough couple of years on and off the ice. It's just, but once we're past it in four years, when you have Shane Wright centering Austin Matthews and Clayton Keller, as the puck drops in the new Tempe arena, it will all be worth it. You're exactly right. And another thing you boys forgot 
I was waiting for someone to mention it. I'm going to go ahead and mention it. I'm choosing the Renegade option for all you Mass Effect friends, fans out there. Um, Toronto, if you hate Arizona and hockey so much, why do you keep drafting Arizona-born hockey players? You know, Austin Matthews. I mean, if you hate it so much, quit drafting them. If you hate it so much, quit. I mean, it's ridiculous. And and to, to say that, I mean... Hockey isn't working in Arizona. I mean, aren't we, what, was it like number one or number two for women's hockey growth? Aren't we in the top five for youth hockey growth? Uh, we have ASU Hockey Division One program. Division One. They played in the Big Ten last year. That is no small feat. That is something that they have created and built, piggybacking from the Coyotes. We have, I mean, man, what else do we have? We have the Tucson Experiments in working. Professor Granny can tell you all about that. To say it, but anyways uh, i'd like to real quick if we could uh do our ad break uh we are still sponsored by the great people at raise energy rep sports uh use our promo code chirpinyotes as it is in our twitter bio um, for 50% off all purchases, and it includes apparel. So if you're looking for a shirt or anything like that, uh, we got you covered. So sorry if you heard any choppy audio. I'm in a new location, so sorry if you heard any stutter. I'll go through it later on in future me uh, and take a look. But next thing I want to touch on after our ad break, we're about to lose all our subscribers and advertisers here. But I believe we have two of us in this podcast who are willing to, I guess, build their trenches and um, make their cases. Actually, uh, I guess, what's up? Three of no? us, I believe, because that's the whole reason we held off until we had Haynes on again. That's right. Okay. That's right. I can't count. Uh, so, yes, three of us um, will be having their piece. I'm sure Chase will get in there and get a chunk or two. Uh, so, I want to do a disclaimer. Uh, anybody, especially guests, <clears throat> have an opinion, or not the opinion of Trip and Yodi's LLC and its affiliates. Uh, it is strictly their own. So, with that <laughs> said, Grandy Haynes, who wants to uh, <laughs> who wants to start this thing? I'll let you guys decide. Oh, I will. This is okay. Been my uh, turn the mic over to you. I want to start it. Okay, so, it's all yours. Coyotes fans. We got to talk. There's a player on this team that gets an undue amount of hate. And I understand. Can I guess? Can I make a guess who it is? Yes. Probably. I know who it is, but for the the sake of theatrics, I'm guessing it's either Ekman Larson or maybe it's um, Clayton Keller. I feel like he may get a little bit of hate. He's not well-loved for some reason. Yeah, is Clayton Keller. The kid. It's just, I don't understand why so many people treat Clayton Keller like he's a finished product. Like, what he is right now is what he's going to be for his career. He still has miles of growth ahead of him. And what he is is actually a pretty nice player that lacks the tools around him to succeed. His um, shot assist numbers 
are fantastic. They were better than Garland's last year. It's just Garland's players got luckier shots and got the goals. Um, And that's not to take anything away from Garland. It's I'm trying to just talk about how good Keller's playmaking is. Keller's shot was really starting to come around. Does he need some more strength to get into the dirty? areas absolutely but that's coming one thing i've seen countless times is talk about how you can't talk about ayton to use another arizona team you can't talk about ayton as a disappointment yet because of his age and keller is nine days younger than him in hockey is a far more physical sport. Keller's been on some bad lines. He's also faced the brunt of Tockett's anger at times. Um, when Keller has a bad play or a mistake, we saw this several times last year where Keller had a bad play and his ice time got cut to zero. There was times I would see Garland have the same exact bad play and nothing would happen. I just, I don't understand the Keller hate. I never have. And I just, it frustrates me. Um, actually, as uh, as a segue into the next segment for this, or to the next. Well, actually, if I if I uh, if I could actually inter- interject real quick, what? Uh, well, I have a question. My train of thought has crashed twice. Sorry tonight, folks. Um, of the, I guess, hate you see about Clayton Keller, what is probably the most frustrating piece? Like, what is the single most frustrating comment that just is an instant trigger if you had one? That we need to trade him for a bag of pucks or something like that. Just There's, overall, someone says that it's crazy. <laughs> just that's overall, wild. Overall, that he gets treated like a finished project. That's what's frustrating for me, and this is from a lot of people around the Coyotes too. It's just he gets treated like he's a finished product. Um, I can do that too. I mean. I never want like I don't. There's no a time where I want to hate a player, especially on my own team. I never want to be like, "Oh my god, why is he on the ice?" Except for Ekman Larson, screw him. I don't care. Um, but Clayton Keller was one of those. I wanted to like him. I wanted him to be my favorite player. And I, yeah, Granny converted me to the church of the Clayton Keller. Got the holy water in the eyes and everything. I mean, I see what he said. He made some good points. I hate you for it. But she made some really good points, and I was like, "Man, hey, this guy's kind of right." I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. My opinion changed. I'm willing to admit that. You know, uh, I can say that. But I am a convertine. I'm in the trenches with you on the uh, Keller Hill battle over here. So that has any validity to it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, like I said, that fifteen bucks was the best bet I ever made. But if I lost it, um. 
Kane, do you have anything you want to add to this? Because I know, like I said, I know you said you were on that hill too. So, yes, I'm. I'm a huge Clayton Keller fan. I've I've liked Clayton way before he even came to Arizona. I like Clayton's game in and the USA national development team. I like Clayton's game when he played at Boston University. I love Clayton's game now. And the one thing before you even ask, one thing that's always gotten me about Clayton Keller that gets my nerves when people say it is that Clayton Keller has hit his ceiling. Clayton Keller's only 23 years old. He wasn't a first-round pick. People act like he was a first-round pick and that he needs to live up to it. Yes. Do I think they gave him too big of a contract first time? Yeah, I probably would not have given him as big as they did. I think that may have been in the wrong. But do I think he's a washed-up player who's hit his ceiling? Not by any means. Yes, he has not hit 65 points like he did that rookie season. But people are acting like he's digressed so much in his game. Yes, he didn't have a good second year. 47 points. Season his third year, he had 44 points. Wasn't that great? He took a little bit of digression. Had around the same numbers. His fourth year this year, 35 points. I know what people are thinking. Wow, what a digression. But you got to take in that was 35 points in 56 games. And not only that, but Clayton Keller looks so dang good moving the puck this year. One of his biggest problems last year was not finishing and trying to get a shot off and also turning the puck over and trying to back check. He worked on his game so much this year, and it was so present and noticeable during the games. He read the play better. He made smart moves. He was smart at the puck at the point. He back-checked, got on his horse, and got back on the ice if he had a bad turnover. He, he worked on everything that he was listening to fans say about his game. And 35 points in 56 games is a very good number for a bounce-back year. This was after he was single-handedly our best player in the bubble playoffs in Edmonton. Seven points in five playoff games, or however many it was. I would have to. I can't tell my head remember what he had in playoff-wise, but he was our best player in playoffs. He showed in playoffs that he could take the next step. This year, he showed that he could take more steps. And I don't generally don't understand the hate on him. I get he's a 23 year old kid and he's been in the league for four years now. He's still playing for a team that's only been competitive in a playoff team one of those five, four or five years that he's been in the league so far. But also, like you said, he played under Tockett's scheme. And the one thing playing for Tockett that really irked me was he would have a bad game or he could have a really good game. And Tockett would take him from line one on the short leash line, and throw him on line four. And, you know, and people are going, well, why is he not making plays? I mean, it, like, exactly like you all said, I, I don't expect anybody to make plays when you're playing with your fourth line center and winger. I mean, it's, it's a bigger, it's much of a difference when you go from playing with Schmaltzy and Garls to, like Barrett or not Barrett Hayen, like Dryden Hunt and Christian Fisher. Like I totally get why he wouldn't have the game he just had the night before. You're not a player's not going to be able to reward. You can't reward a player or punish a player and expect him to where's called. Especially you can't reward a guy and expect him to have the same game when the next game over you move him down to the fourth line. I mean, in that he experienced that so much under Tockett. 
and people can say that's not true. It, it is. You can look at stats. You can look at what it's called. You can look at back at lines for games. He consistently was a guy who go from one, two lines, may had some bad games, but could play some really good games too, and he would get moved down to the fourth line. Just straight down to the fourth line. I did not get it. And, you know, I'm probably going to get a lot of people that probably tonight probably aren't going to be a fan of me. I know there's probably a lot of journalists that will probably hear this thing, and they probably won't be fans of me with some of the stuff I said tonight. You know what? It's it, This is my opinion. If you don't like it, I understand that. And, you know, I don't want to be rude, but it's my opinion. And I think Clayton Keller has not even anywhere close to hitting the ceiling yet. I think Clayton Keller has shown last year that he's ready to take the next step. Do I think it's going to be a rough next two years for him? Yeah. Do I think the team's probably going to rely on him very heavily with Chikrin to be their guys? Yes. Do I think he might struggle under the pressure some? Yes. But also look where he's going to be playing and look at the team he's going to be playing with this year that's going to be tanking for the next two to three to maybe even four years. I would expect him to struggle too. That's like asking Jack Eichel to – that's like Jack Eichel and what he has to do in Buffalo. He's playing for a team that's horrible – but he's expecting to be the savior, and and that's what they're thinking of Keller. The problem is, though, is Keller wasn't Jack Eichel. It, they're, they're not the same guy. Jack Eichel also is better. He has more skills, hence why he was uh, the pick he was. I mean, Jack Eichel has shown that he's capable of you know being the main focus for a team. Clayton Keller wasn't drafted that high. I mean, he was a seventh, still a high pick. But I just don't see why he's so bad-mouthed and why so many people want to slander him, quick to throw him under the bus, quick to say we need to move this guy for nothing. I don't know why. He's 23. He literally is hasn't even hit the prime of his career yet, and people are ready to toss this guy under the bus. And, you know, and as much as I don't want to ever see him leave, I honestly at times some days wish that Keller – would sign elsewhere in the offseason and go off somewhere just as a as a big, you know, screw you to the fans that doubted his ability. I think when the team really gets good in the next few years after this rebuild and Keller finally has serious line mates, I think you're going to see a Keller that could easily be, you know, a 70, 80-point player a season. I generally believe that. I think he has the skills to do it. I've seen the skills. I've seen his skills. He could definitely do it. So, you know, I don't see why he's bad now so much by fans. He's such a likable guy. He's such a nice guy. He doesn't have any bad personality. He comes off as such a genuine guy who really cares about the game of hockey and really seems to, this year, really work on stuff that he knew he was struggling in. And and it showed he improved in it. And I think, you know, he's improved in areas. I think he's only going to get better. So, you know, I'm I'm always going to defend him. I, I People can tell me I'm dumb for doing it, and people can tell me I'm wrong for doing it, but I'm always going to defend Clayton Keller because I believe he is – so much more to grow, and he's not even anywhere close to healing the ceiling or hitting the ceiling of his career yet. And we touched on it a bit, but look at the line mates he's had. Yeah, his career he had Stepan, who was great. He was what we expected Stepan to be, and then Derek Stepan's offensive game just hit a wall. A lot of that was because Derek Stepan was being used as the defensive center to win defensive draws. But guess who was out there with him in the... Clayton Keller is not going to score from there. Yep. Just... His... He's flashed so much. 
his that you're not going to put up stats as a great playmaker unless you have teammates that can finish the play. When he was playing with Schmaltz and with Garland, he was near a point a game player. When they split that line up, he got paired with his most common line mate was what we like to call the eraser line and Derek Brassard and Phil Kessel. Because as good as Phil Kessel is, he's oh, a man. he's a guy who doesn't really make others around him better and doesn't doesn't take feeds to shoot the he, he Carries the puck, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Carries the puck for his goals. He doesn't take passes and finish them that way. Um, He's just... <sighs> Keller's had some bad line mates over the last three years, and not all of the point drop-off is on him as a result. I will fully admit his second year was bad. His third year was worse. This last year, the stats don't tell the full story. I think he was on pace for a 56-point season in a normal 82-game season, which isn't great. But when you consider that we that last year's team was bad, it was just offensively defunct outside of Garland, Chikrin, and um, Kessel. And like we just talked about, Kessel's just, it's what he was in Pittsburgh too. He's his own man. He does his own, he creates his own offense. Keller's a playmaker. He needs someone to finish his shots. Him and Gunther could look fantastic together. Um, him and Hayton could look very good together. The other thing I was about to bring up, Hayton, I don't, Hayton hasn't had a whole lot of uh, ability to create his own plays. It's kind of what held him back in the AHL this year. He's not that dynamic offensive player, but he could play very well off of a guy like Keller who can create that. He just needs someone to finish. Yep. And, and, finishers, and Unique real fast, just real quickly, Unique would be a very good guy with Keller that could play on his line. Unique can finish plays. I mean, Keller, I think both, I think Hayton and Keller, both those guys who only can really produce when they have the teammate around them that can help them out. You you can't expect them to be the point of play, point per game player when you're playing with, you know, Joe Blow or, you know, just hypothetically playing with a Joe Blow. You can't expect him to be putting up a point per game, but you put him with your top first line winger in the center. Yeah, I would expect anybody playing with your top line. So, I mean, it's like saying, it'd be like, hypothetically speaking, that'd be like, oh, Keller, it's like me being like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, you know, if I played on the fourth line of a team, yeah, you probably wouldn't see me score much, but put me with uh, Dryside on McDavid, yeah, I, I bet you I'd be a point per play, point per game player too. You know, it, it's much difference. I mean, you're jumping from line four with your guys who get like an average like ten minutes a night on ice to guys twenty some minutes a night on ice. Yeah, I would, I would think that would be a much higher point per player too. And you know, I think Hayton just needs that. I think he needs to find his guys that can help him finish plays. And I think Keller, like you were saying, just needs to find his line where he can help where he can find guys that can finish his passes. 
Yeah, he's always going to be a playmaker first, and we've been a team without a sniper for well since Kachuk. Forever. <laughs> I mean, Verbata is the second closest thing, and Verbata and Keller never played together. Yep. Um, it's just Keller's out there trying to create for others when with nobody that can really finish. It's it, he's overpaid. We all understand he's overpaid, especially for what he is now. Does he he? does have a shot to live up to that contract, absolutely. But this whole... The best thing we did for him was we hired Andre Tournier. Because when Andre Tournier came, came in and said that everyone on this team is getting a fresh start under him, my first thought immediately went to Keller and said, oh, that's going to be fantastic for him. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is you know the team. We talked about this before the Garland trade, about how one thing you can tell about a team is who they market. And the team has been marketing the hell out of Keller all offseason. So they obviously have high hopes for him still. Um, It's just... I'm tired of him getting treated like he's a finished product, like he is what he is. Just let him develop into who he's going to be. Mm-hmm. If in in look in a two a year and a half two years, if he's still this middle six type winger who who is heavily inconsistent, like essentially another Nick Schmaltz, then yeah, then there's time to worry and that's probably all he's going to be. But we have a long ways to go to get there. Let's let him get there. I agree. I mean, if you trade him off for nothing and um, on a recent article from the athletic done by Dom Lechukin, his closest comparable based on how he played last year, his closest comparable was Claude Giroux before Claude Giroux took off. Um, we were talking to, we wanted to talk about Garland and Briere comparisons. And the fact of the matter is, is the closest comparison to Briere we have on this team is Keller. If we traded Keller for a bag of pucks now, it could very easily strike us and bite us in the ass hard. Yep. It could, like I said, he could easily bust. He could easily be nothing more than this. And this whole fight is for naught. I personally don't believe that. But... Do you want to risk him becoming a 70, 80 point season guy on another team? Or do you want him to be, or do you want him to have that potential to be that on this team or possibly a 55 to 65 point a year guy? Which is what he is right now. 
Yeah, man. I mean, listening to you guys go back and forth with it, um, I'm not the hugest Keller fan. I, I like the kid. Um, I still think that he's growing too. I, I've seen tremendous strides. Um, one thing that uh, caught my eye last year, obviously, we weren't a very good team. We did a lot of defending last year. There was times where we didn't have a shot on goal for 12 to 15 minutes in between shots. Like, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to put up points. And you know, he was uh, you know throwing some good point production up there for the shortened season. I do agree with, but um, I did notice a lot last year that his uh, back checking pressure and everything like that after you know either getting stripped or just kind of manhandled off the puck in the corners which um, he's gonna you know add some strength it looks like he has this season but let's be honest he's he's never gonna be that in the trenches corner guy but um, you know any strength will help and if he can you know win one or two more of those battles a game uh, just by being kind of crafty and using his body a little bit better then you know I'll take that all day for sure but uh, he definitely did show improvements in, you know, getting back and back checking. Um, I remember pretty vividly a couple different, you know, times where he'd uh, chase all the way back into our own zone, strip the puck, strip the puck and, um, you know, get it up. And then we go on a little bit of a counterattack. So um, I obviously the contract in the early years is pretty significant. Um, it's kind of, you know, one of those topics that we've hit on in previous episodes where you're, um, high risk, high reward type thing, you're risking a little bit now and the contract isn't, you know, if he keeps elevating and, um, you know, increasing points and all that good stuff and this contract by the time it's up and what is it? five or six years from now, uh, it's not going to look bad at all. It's, it's, it's going to be a, a success in my book. Um, but you know, I mean, it's kind of one of those deals where it's, it's going to be hard to gauge, um, you know, his value as far as points per game, because we're not going to be a very good team again next, this next year or the year after that. So it's going to suffer. I'm looking for him to take, you know, obviously those next couple steps develop into, um, you know, or um, he's already a core piece that we have right now, but I agree. It would be completely stupid to give up on the kid, ship him off, um, especially when, um, A, his contract is what it is. We'd probably have to take something nasty back again, um, you know, to get it done as far as salary and probably even have to retain some at this point. So, I mean, that should be completely off the table in my opinion. Um, but you know, and we, you know, we had episodes where we talk about, you know, the guys that would fetch the best return. Keller was never one of them because he is still growing and he will continue to mature. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for it, man. I, I want that kid to be successful. Um, and like you guys alluded to, he is more of the playmaking winger. Um, and it's tough to, you know, make plays for, uh, you know, like uh, Haynes had mentioned too, you know, he's demoted a bunch. And, you know, when you're passing the puck to Drayden Hunt or Christian Fisher, who can't hit the broad side of a barn, no disrespect intended. You guys are in the NHL, all that good stuff. But uh, you guys, you know, are there for a reason to do a certain job and all that stuff. And, you know, so it's, it's you know, that's not going to stack points for the kid. Um, but I agree when he was up on the short leash line, that was some of the most exciting times that I have in recent memory of, you know, watching Coyotes games. I loved watching that team, those guys play. 
um, Schmaltz, Garland, and uh, Keller. Um, obviously, Garland, always one of our favorite players, you know, high motor, high heart. But, uh, you know, at that point, Keller had enough skill around him, um, you know, that they could actually finish stuff off. Um, so I definitely agree with all your boys' points. And um, I'm not completely sold on him, but I think that we would be fools to unload him at this point and take back essentially nothing um, and then have him come and bite us in the rear. Um, but I've, I've got high hopes for the kid, man. And like you guys said, he is very young. He's still maturing and everything like that. And, you know, from what I've been seeing on social media and stuff like that, I mean, he, it looks like he's putting in some work, man. So I'm excited to see, you know, what he does in the next couple of years. Um, and I'm not just going to be boicing, basing it off of, you know, point production and stuff like that, because I know pretty much this team is going to be in the basement as far as offense goes. But um, that's the only thing that I wanted to add, boys. Pretty good stuff. Um... And wait, did we cover the the Mike Smith? Nope. Thing? Do you want to do that? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. All right. Well, okay. um, this is Haynes Loveland from Mike Smith. Yep. This is all him. This has nothing to do with the Trippin' Yotis LLC Incorporated. Uh, so, collect uh, up, bug, break a leg. I have your back, Haynes. Don't worry. I've been excited for this story for well Dude. since you brought it up. Oh. Yep. yep. Thank you. <laughs> okay, everybody, settle in. This is uh, it's been this has been in the making for a while now. Um, I just want to say in advance beforehand, I am no way trying to discredit Mike Smith's ability in the NHL. He, I, I mean, he's been like you guys say he's in, like you said about Christian Fisher and all. He's in the NHL for a reason. Also, he's going to have to be there. This is not me discrediting him, bad mouthing him like threatening him or making any sort of offensive remarks about him. This is just my reason why I grew to have a dishatred towards Mike Smith. So in 2017, we all know Mike Smith left Arizona for Calgary. I can't remember if he was traded or if he signed during the offseason. Either way, he had left for Calgary. Everybody had thought that was the end of him. They were happy. Mike Smith had had a last pretty terrible last few seasons in Arizona. But then again, out of those last few years, Arizona didn't have the best team during that time. So, you know, it was kind of a balance on both sides to blame. But in 2017, Mike Smith went on a radio interview in Calgary and was asked about what he thought about getting to play for the Flames. And his remarks were, I'm really looking forward to passing to some of the guy- these guys who can actually score. That, that terribly in my stomach with me for multiple reasons first off the first reason why that dug so deep inside of me and caused a problem with me was mike smith before he came to arizona's career was over it it was he was a backup he played in tampa didn't have the best numbers was backing up back spring time with dwayne rolson that he never could set himself apart as a starter People ready to write him off as a career backup forever. The Coyotes gave him a shot. Not only did they gave him a shot, they gave him a shot to be a starting goalie for quite some time in Arizona. And he showed that he could do it. If it wasn't for Arizona revitalizing his career, giving him that shot, what would Mike Smith have done? Would he have ended up taking over anywhere as a starting goalie anywhere? 
I, we don't know. I can't sit here and tell you no. That's not the case because he very well could have done something. So for Mike Smith to go and say that, considering that his career may have never ended up as a star in his career if it wasn't for Arizona, sat so badly with me knowing that. But not only that, he wasn't consistently good in Arizona. Yes, he came in in, in what, 2012 after uh, Ilya Brzezgalov left, and he was great. 2012, 2013, 20, 2012, 2023, 2014. He was great in 2014. We all know that terrible injury against the Rangers, that sideline the rest of the season. We missed the playoffs by three or four points because of that. Those were it, though. In, in 2014, he had a good season. He wasn't the greatest goalie, but he wasn't the worst goalie. 2015, worst goalie in the league, worst team in the league. 2016, very bad goalie. Once again, not very consistent. 2017, his last year, once again, not very consistent again. It was such a reoccurring pattern his last three, four years in Arizona that Mike Smith was not, after his injuries, granted, injuries definitely put a hamper on him. And it showed that the injuries honestly played some effect into it. But he just – he was not a consistently good enough goalie in Arizona. Yes, I get it. Arizona did not have the best team. But still, he was not a consistently good enough goalie to go and badmouth a team like that after he left, saying that he can pass to some guys who could finally score. And not only that, but for him – to say that, and then to be able to back him up. Barry Melrose went on ESPN, said that he had Mike Smith as a Vesna candidate that year in Calgary in his first year. Mike Smith, granted, I think their first year they made the playoffs. Actually, no, they missed the playoffs their first year. They made the stuck their second year. His first year, they missed the playoffs. Mike Smith was not good. He was good, and there was times when he was not good. Hence why he only spent so little in Calgary. He was not good. Edmonton, He's shown flashes, yes, in Edmonton, like he didn't count. He sh- in Arizona, he showed flashes that he's good. Consistently, though, he has not been a good goalie. I mean, if I if I were to pull up stats of Mike Smith right now, he's not. He's an, a he's a slightly above average goaltender. He's a guy that you know he's physical. He's going to get your face. He'll fight. He'll get the fans on their feet, and he can make a good every save right now and then. But he's a guy who's a short temper, like Patrick Waugh. He makes careless mistakes trying to play the puck. We've all seen him backing into the net with the puck in his pants. He's He doesn't think in, in the time being sometimes. We've all seen him get run behind the net sometimes. Grant, not always his fault, but, you know, same time, you go by and play behind the puck behind the net, you're in the zone. He's he's He is an NHL goalie. I will give him that. He's an NHL goalie. This is nothing to bash on you, Mike Smith. You're, you're an NHL goalie. You've made a career for yourself. But you have not been consistent enough in your career that you had any sort of right to go and bash a team that gave you six to seven years as their starting goaltender. Six to seven years as your starting goaltender. And every year, even despite bad years after 2015, could have moved you off, could have cut your contract, could have bought you out. They trusted you to come back because they thought that you were the guy behind their team. They thought that you could turn around, you could regain your old Mike Smith form. And you did not do that. And what did you do when you left? Did you leave with class? Did you leave with class like guys like Hansel, Brzgalov, Yandel? Did you leave with class like those guys? No. You left like guys like Mike Ribeiro, like Steve Downey. You left 
going out on hateful words. Guys like now, like OEL and some of the remarks that we've seen, the remarks that he's made, talking about how Vancouver is just a step up in level in hockey. I don't get why. I understand that you may have not had the best relationship with fans near the end, and the fans did not have the best relationship with you. But to go and badmouth a team that gave you a real shot to actually get the starting posi- a starting shot and goal, to go and say that, to make those remarks, and then to not be able to back up your claims, and that's why you spent the last four or five years since then as between two teams and have still yet to really put it con- together consistently. We saw how you've done in the playoffs, and we saw what Cal- uh, Chicago did to you in the bubble, and we saw last year what happened to you in the playoffs. If I can't remember if Edmonton made it last year or not, but you haven't backed up your words. You, If you had made the words, I can finally pass them guys who are going to score and then went on and won two Stanley Cups or even won one Stanley Cup or made two conference finals appearance. If you had done a shred of that, my shred of confidence would be a little bit higher for you. But to not have done squat since you've left to say that you were going to be a Vesna candidate and you have made you've made some playoffs a couple years since you've been there. But to be a guy who hasn't made it past the first round, I don't think he ever has made it past the first round with either Edmonton or Calgary. As far as I know, if he hasn't made the first round of the playoffs, if I'm wrong there, please correct me if that's the case. But I don't think he's made it past the first round. But for him. To go and say that stuff and then to not back it up, Mike, I lost all respect for you. I liked you as a goalie. Even when you were bad, I liked you still. I thought you made a lot of goals. You, Every Arizona fan loved you at the All-Star game when you shot the puck from the other end of the ice and got into that little puck-sized hole on the board. Everybody loved you. They liked Mike Smith. They loved Smitty. We loved the, the Wiley Coyote mask. But we lost all respect for you, and I lost all respect for you. When you went and badmouthed the franchise – who gave you the shot, and then you didn't even back it up. You, you have not provided numbers. You have not provided the stats, the wins, the championships, the Vesnas that you were supposedly going to win. You didn't back that up after leaving Arizona. And that's never sat right with me. I I was all for you when the day you arrived in Arizona. I can very, very remember your stick save on Marion Gabrick against the Rangers on the a pony shot overtime. I can vividly remember you fighting what it's called, getting a fight with some with the stars in a game in your last couple of years in Arizona. I can vividly remember you making some big name saves in the playoffs, leading us in route to go to the conference finals against LA. I can remember you getting in the face of Dustin Brown, really voicing your opinion. That fieriness. I remember you two handing him in the back of the leg. All of that. Great memories I remember you for. But my sh- any sort of respect I have for you, any sort of shred of respect I have for you, went out of the window when you had the audacity to go and badmouth a team who in your last three years was not a good team. I get that. But that's exactly it. You play for a team that wasn't good. Of course, you can't expect the greatest. But when you're not putting up good numbers either, you don't have the audacity to go and tell people and other people that I can finally play for someone who can pass to, that can score. Well, you know what? You weren't saving pucks, Mike. So... I don't know how you can go blame the team for not scoring because you weren't doing much help on the other end of the ice. So it's, you know, and and this is, like I said, it's no hate towards Mike Smith. Mike Smith, I wish you the best in your career. I hope Edmonton works out for you. I hope you have a good season this year. This is no bash any fans that like Mike Smith. Mike Smith's a great guy. Loves Smitty in his time. But, I I mean, and, and I lose respect for any guy like that. When you spend so long for a team and they give you so many chances, when you go and rip a team like that afterwards, 
when you didn't provide enough play yourself on your end of the ice to like really stay like if he goalie and we were like conference finals team every year his own time tied there and then left instead of the remarks i'd be a little mad with him but i would be like you know what it, that's a weird remark to make but you know he was a good goalie he provided the stats and it, you know i'm gonna miss seeing him but when you went and made those remarks but you didn't make the saves on the other end of the ice to back up your claim that you could pass it to guys who could score i lost respect for you and it, it's going to be that way forever i my friends know i don't like you as a as a player not as a person i like you as a person when i I don't like you as a player, though. I don't. I didn't like your game. I liked you your first three years in Arizona. After you got injured, you were never the same. Your frustration showed. You lost your temper a lot. You made a lot of careless errors. And when we got rid of you, it was the happiest day of my life. When we moved you to Calgary, I couldn't have been happier about that. And when and when, especially after I heard your remarks, I was even more happy to see you leave the state of Arizona. And you know, every time we play you, I always hope we beat the snot out of you when we play you. That's just the honest truth. I think every time you're back in town. I hope we beat the snob of you just so you can always think to yourself for that game that, oh, yeah, this is the team that can't pass I, that can't pass the puck and score and all that. You know what? Every time we beat you, I hope that sits in the back of your mind, Mike, that you're playing for an Oilers team who is, yes, got McDavid, got Drysout, two the, the greatest NHL players right now in the NHL. What after that? What, Uja Hopkins, Kaylor Yamamoto, maybe Jesse Poyarvi? I mean, Tyson Berry on the back end? I mean, oh. Yeah, okay, that's good. I mean, I mean, who's your backup? Miko Koskinen, 37-year-old Miko Koskinen. His numbers are very bad, too. And so, I mean, where are you going? I mean, I mean, if he, if Mike Smith would want to talk to me face-to-face, I would love to talk to Mike Smith face-to-face and talk about this. And, you know, I would love to for him to ask me straight up why I don't like him. I would love for him to try to defend himself on why he made the remarks. And because, you know, I'd love to bring up to him, well, you know what? You weren't a good player, so why would you make those remarks? But you know what? In the day, it's war on the bridge. Mike Smith's moved on. I've moved on. You know, this is something I've wanted to get off my chest. I'm happy I got off my chest. I will forever not be a fan of Mike Smith because of those remarks and because he didn't have the numbers to provide to back up to make a statement like that. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's bygones and bygones. Mike Smith, I wish you the best rest of your career. I wish you success. I hope everything works out for you in Edmonton. I hope you ride off in the sunset knowing that you played your best hockey possible. But just know that you will never have a fan in me. Any sort of fanship I lost for you, and that's just how it's going to stay. Real quick, if I can add to this, because I remember those statements, and those statements pissed me too. Yep. A goalie shouldn't be worried about his assist totals in the first place. Exactly. Like, come on, man. Um, just uh, there's not a lot of statements that a player has made that have since after they've left that have bugged me. For instance, the Oliver Ekman Larson comment about Vancouver was doesn't bug me at all. He said it after he said some very glowing things about Arizona, and he's got to try to make do make nice with his new area. I get completely where he's coming from. Mike Smith's comments is one of the exceptions because man what are you saying? Get in net. Cover the net. Save the goal. Don't worry about your assist totals. Guess what? You are part of the problem in 
Edmonton. You are part of why Connor McDavid may never be on a winning team. Just, just get out of here, man. I'm, I'm so happy you said that, though, because that's completely true. Mike Smith has never been the solution anywhere. In 2012, I know people want to say that he was the flu- he was the solution. He was the reason why he went to the Cardinals finals. And yes, he was very good. But that team was the reason he went to the Cardinals finals. That was a very good Coyotes team that made that conference final run and all that. And and it showed in the Cardinals finals why we lost. Mike Smith didn't play his best hockey in the Cardinals finals. We didn't play our best hockey in the Cardinals finals against the Kings, and it showed. But Mike Smith, I pers- I completely agree with you. Like for him to make those remarks, but doesn't have the numbers to back up those that claim is just so appalling to me because he literally has been the palm everywhere. He was a backup in Dallas, never was the starter, went to Tampa, had shot to be a starter, never worked out, wasn't the solution there, went to Arizona, maybe was the solution for a year or two, and then slowly fell out of that, was never the solution, was moved to Calgary. Everybody thought he was the real turnaround, went to Calgary, two years, wasn't the solution, moved to Edmonton. And right now his goaltending tandem consists of a 41-year-old Mike Smith I think that's what his age is. And a 30-something-year-old Miko Koskinen. Two guys who, in my defense, the worst goaltending tandem in the NHL. And like you said, is the main reason why Connor McDavid is never going to experience success in Edmonton as long as the goalie tandem consists of Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. I will say that is a slightly better goalie tandem than Carter Hutton and... Yosef Karshner. <laughs> bro, yeah. Hutton's going to kill it, bro. What are you yeah, talking I mean, about? I mean, yeah, but there's a difference. I mean, the Oilers are, are, are every – I mean, in the last few years have been a competitive team. We're not – I mean, we're not planning to be competitive this year. So, I mean, yeah, we're not going to have a good goalie tandem, but it's not like we're expecting to be competitive. Yeah. No, we're not – And anytime you have so. McDavid and Dreisaitl, you know, it's uh, you're expected to be competitive. I mean, those guys can pretty much buoy you through the season. Um, but, but not through the first round, so. No, no. I mean, the playoffs is a different animal. We've seen it all, all the time, man. And uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, you, you can't win without good tending. Um, yeah, I, I loved the, the story because I echo a lot of your sentiments, Haynes, and um, it, that's that's one that's never has sat well with me either. Sat well with me either. Excuse me. Um, and I, I remember when that happened, and I stood on that one for a good while. I'm just yeah. like, and you are something else, buddy. But uh, I mean, that's just kind of how he always was, man. I mean. Just arrogant, um, just and you know, I mean, yeah, the 2012 run was amazing, but like you alluded to, that was kind of a whole team bought into this one system of Dave Tippett, and um, I, I would say that that's, um, I mean, Smitty was a big part of that, but I mean, we definitely played Dave Tippett's system at that time to uh, you know, almost perfection um, all throughout those playoffs. I mean, suffocating. Uh, D and you know limiting shots to you know terrible angles and stuff like that. So um, you you could have made the case that somebody else could have been back there and, and did the same job. Um, but you know I mean at the same time he you know I remember a fifty three save shutout against Columbus that I was in attendance for. That was fantastic. He stood on his head. We didn't play good that night. Um, so I mean there was bright spots and everything like that. But you know for the most part um, I would agree. Um, 
he's kind of one of those guys that um, you he, he comes in. Uh, obviously, the success and everything like that initially, uh, you know, helps, uh, you know, gain fanfare and everything like that. And um, so at that point, you know, you can kind of take that, um, I guess, arrogance and, you know, kind of let that fuel into your fandom a little bit. But at the same time, that type of crap, uh, it, I mean, even you know, on, you know, a solid player that plays solid for, you know, five, six years for you. I mean, it, it gets kind of grinding to you, man. Like, I mean, it just grinds on you after a while. And then the nasty breakup and it's just like, yeah, man, I mean, like it, you know, hindsight and everything like that comes into play. And it's like, you know, I don't really like how you've behaved these last four years when you haven't been up to your standards or our standards of what we think you should be. And yet you still had the same attitude all throughout and then you kind of stick up the double middle fingers at us. And it's just like, you know what? Good riddance, man. Happy you're gone. Good luck. Go be somebody else's problem. I want to I wanna add in real fast what you said there. I, first off, I think the 53 save shutout, I think, was actually a loss. I think we lost that game in a shutout or in a shootout, one nothing <laughs> to Columbus. And that game, I don't think we actually won. I think Mike Smith lost that in a 53 save shootout loss. Um, <laughs> other than that, though, I want to add in real fast about the whole Mike Smith thing was in just relation to what he said real fast is I, the more from what I remember from that article and I'm looking a little bit more into it now, Mike Smith was asked prior to saying that was asked about what he thought about Arizona. And he says, I have nothing bad to say about my time in Arizona. He says, if it wasn't for the Kais, my careers would have kind of puttered away and maybe gone nowhere. He acknowledged this knowledge that without the Coyotes, he would maybe have never made a career in the NHL, but then have the audacity to still go and badmouth them, that makes no sense. How are you going to go and, and, and praise the organization for getting you your chance, but then still, be, still have the audacity to go and rip them afterwards? We got him from the Goodwill bin, and he thinks he's hot shit. Like, man, we saved you. The least he can do is exit with class. You know, at least yeah. be like, hey, you know... Then in the best, you know, you, you have a way of phrasing things. There's a way you can always say, you know, what you mean. But, I mean, I don't know, it was stupid. I remember just being really pissed about that. I used to really want a Mike Smith jersey, too. I almost got one when they're on sale, you know, when players leave. Heard that uh-huh. comment was like, yeah, you know what, never mind. I'm good. Yep. I'm good. Yep. Thanks. So, yeah, there it is. There's your, you, you did it. You've, you've placed your banners. And how do you guys feel? You guys feel cathartic? I love it. So great. Like, yeah, yeah. If we took any opportunities from you, I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did warn you. I did give you fair and clear legal warning. Our legal team will be mailing you a packet in the mail. So, <laughs> I'm, Mike Smith wants to. Mike Smith wants to chime in if he finds this on social media anywhere, or if the Oilers organization wants to say anything. I'm happy we'll to him. relay all this message pack over to them. And y'all, honestly, this is all my personal opinion. This has nothing, no relation to the Chirpin' Yodi's podcast. Nothing should be directed at them for anything I said tonight about anything about me coming after journalists, about ripping on the state of hockey in Arizona, and about what I think about Keller and people bad-mouthing him, and the stuff about Mike Smith. Nothing that I said tonight should be thrown back on these guys. These guys are such Wait. nice guys. If you don't like what I said, don't like then don't like me. Don't not like these guys. These guys did not say all this stuff. I was the one that said that stuff. This I just want to get that out there real fast for everybody that if you listen to this tomorrow, whenever this publishes, if you don't like what I said, 
don't take it out on the Chirping Yotis podcast. Still listen to them. These are great guys. Take it out on me. If you don't like me and you want to unblock me on everything after you hear this podcast, block me on everything. But I'm not going to sit back and lie through my teeth when I'm doing this stuff. My job as a journalist is to speak the honest truth. And my honest truth is I don't like the journalist who badmouth the state of hockey in Arizona. I don't like the fans who badmouth Clayton Keller saying that he's hit a ceiling. And I don't like Mike Smith. And those are all my personal opinion, which I'm allowed to have as a citizen. But if you don't like them, take it out on me. Come after me for it. I'm I'm very strong-willed. I'm 22 years old. I can take it. Come after me if you got a problem with it. But don't take it out on these guys. Don't take it on any of their family, friends. Don't take it on the Chirp and Yodis podcast. These guys have nothing to do with what's been said here. If anything you found offensive coming out of my mouth tonight was offensive to you or was disgusting or distasteful to you, take that out on me because I stand by my actions. I stand by what I've said tonight, and I will be held responsible for anybody that is upset with anything I said. But, you know, what I said I stand by is the honest truth. It's my honest opinion. I just want to get that out there. So these guys, these guys already know that I'm honestly responsible for anything I say that people may not take lightheartedly. I just want to get out there that whatever I said, if you don't like it, blame it on me. Take it out on me. Don't take it on these guys. Don't take it on the Chirping Yodis podcast. Here, though, I'll, I'll plant my flag. Real quick. Buddy. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> I support everything you said. So. Yep. yep. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they can come after me. I'm right yep. here. Yeah. You know where to find me. We accept the toxicity. Bring it on. You guys hear yeah, that? I mean, I got no room to talk either. Because I will. Yeah, you know, I will pull a map and I will post my address. Oh, that's if the best thing. <laughs> can I? Can I just pull up and just bring you like a, like a thank you cake or something? Like I'm not gonna bring you vines. Can I just like bring you a thank you cake? I will fly to Minnesota. I, I want to go to Minnesota. I'll fly to Minnesota. I'll be on yeah. the next plane flight tomorrow. Screw going to work. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have to set something up, boys, for sure. Get your coyotes meet up. Yeah. Hello, care, y'all. Hey, I'm down. Just, That'd be fun. That would be fun. Well, now right. we've uh, officially probably scared away potentially everybody, which is good, no. I guess. Nobody, yeah, I know. Honestly, yeah, I don't think it'll be a problem. On behalf of the Chirp and Yodis LLC Industries Incorporated, I think we'll be fine. I think it was good. It was good to be candid. It was good to be. That's how we started this podcast anyway, was to be candid, give, you know, actual opinions and all that good stuff. I mean, remember, our second episode came the day after the uh, athletic article dropped. We're not not used to be, we're not the... and we had an episode called Negatives and the Positives. You know, we were, everyone was all celebrating us. We're like, yeah, we're fucked. Or screwed. Excuse me, we're screwed. <laughs> well, there you go. I sealed the deal there with that one. So, but I do have, if you guys don't lose, want. We're never going to lose that explicit rating, Tyler. I think you just <laughs> come to grips with that. Right? I know. I'm trying. I'm trying my best. God, uh, Tyler. I said, Dad Gummit, as my uncle would say. Um... <laughs> My favorite phrase of his is hello walls when no one's listening to him. Like he's talking, but no one's responding. That's my favorite phrase. You ever hear that? That's what I'm referring to. Uh, <laughs> but I have my question of the week, if you guys are ready. Yes, sir. Wait, All right. First, we need to ask, we need to ask uh, Haynes his question. All right. So uh, as you did last time you were on the pod. Oh, what's yeah, that? Be- before you uh, say this, I, I just want to lead this off with saying that uh, if we had the Jovo Tatership, COVID would be dead. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong because everybody else will be dead too. So that's, that's no one, not many will be outside the gulag anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, um, as you did um, last time, you answered one of our older questions that are popular. As you know, people asking the Space Jam hockey thing, a couple of my my topics. Not going to lie, low key a flex, but. Haynes, if you were to pick a Coyotes player, present, past, current, future, uh, to be a president, who would you pick? And why? That is a tough one. But I kind of thought about that question earlier when we started talking, and I don't know why this is the first guy that came to my head when I thought, when you guys asked me that question at first and we're explaining it before we start the podcast, but Keith Yandel. I think Keith Yandel is... A genuinely nice guy. Everybody in the nature. I've never heard a negative thing about Keith Yandel. Everybody, wherever he's gone, has liked him. He was a great leader in Arizona. He's a great leader wherever he's been. He had no hard feelings with Florida cutting ties with him. I would have loved him seeing him come back to Arizona on a short-term deal. I think he's a great leader. He showed great leadership skills when he was here. And, you know, I, I think if we needed a president, I think, you know, I'd be, if you went to, like, become, like, the Green Party candidate, heck, I'd I get everybody in Arizona and they were in Florida behind making Keith Yandel the next president of the United States. That is such a solid pick. I love it. Yeah, it is a really good pick. Hey, that's, yeah, that's mark that pick. down for 2-0 and oh when Haynes is correct things to say. Remember, we all, last time around, I when I said Christopher Colanos, I said I don't make I don't have any bad takes. Mark that 2-0. 2-2 two oh. two yes, two no. on As good takes. I don't have bad Get takes. The <laughs> they're recording well we won't bring up antoine vermette again i know they i yeah. was all <laughs> I, I know everybody else wasn't a fan of it i was with it with you <laughs> see look that's why that's why i keep bringing you back on that's why right there this this kind of flattery will get you everywhere with me trust me so, <laughs> on to my question of the week you guys have heard of the show the amazing race right i'm sure you've seen it at some point yes. in your life it's on every evening whatever maybe so i thought on the way driving, actually, I was like, you know, who would you want? I think it's two people. Sometimes it's three, but we're going to go with two people. You and somebody else. Who would you want to be your amazing race partner? For any reasons it may be. You can have it because they think there's a cool guy or actor would help you or whatever you would say. So with our guest, this is your last one, Haynes. The last time you need to go first as a guest. I'm about to go three for three right here. If, if I had right. to choose anybody, I'm going NHL. And, and and this should be easy. I mean, we've all seen the guy. Michael Grabner. The dude is absolutely ripped. That's a, I mean, damn if, it. He if, is I had to go, if I had to go anywhere, like out in the wilderness on the run or anything, I mean, that's the guy I want my core. I mean, that dude trains True. nonstop so hard. I mean, that that's the guy I want with me. Dude. That's a good pick. That's I already put 3-0 and on your board because that, that's go. a really three good pick. Three. I've never, I never would have thought of that. That was not even considered. That's a good pick. I'm not gonna lie. That's a yeah, really think, good pick. Uh, probably gonna have to drop the guest tag from his, from his name, boys. He's, yep. he's a trick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This is it. No more fancy introductions. No more getting to go first. Like this is it. You're oh, done. No. After this, you've, you've made it. Hey, I will state that I've been very good tonight. Okay, I've been usually the last <laughs> one to go tonight for the most part on questions. I have been very good and patient. <laughs> and patient. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, Randy. Hard to do because I can go on some tangents, man. <laughs> oh yeah, we've all got our fair share for sure. <laughs> Especially tonight, I think we've all had something to say tonight. I think it's been I too long about an episode. Hour podcast. 
I think so. I, I was kind of watching the time, but then I just gave up. So yeah. I don't know. I guess I'll find out when I'm editing. But, <laughs> but you know what? Haynes has already won, so I'm not even going to try to win. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and have a good time with the guy who everybody who has the best personality on the modern yotes. Don't you? Okay, yeah, you're good. Okay, go ahead. I'll say you take I'm, the guy. Yeah, I'm not taking somebody any of you guys are going because you guys can't stand this guy. <laughs> I am taking Christian Fisher because he has the best personality. So, as Haynes and Grabner are running away with the competition, me and Christian <laughs> Fisher are just going to be sitting back cracking beers and cracking jokes. <laughs> I, I, I'm all for that. Get the up, though. They'll be the team that you guys will be the ones getting all the camera time. They'll be just being uh, where the ratings are coming in. So not a bad pick. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna go Mike Ribeiro. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was like, damn. Chose <laughs> <laughs> renegade option. <laughs> no, um, I wanted to take Brizgalov too, but I know Tyler's gonna take that one. Um, you know me. So I think I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go far back into the uh, history of the Oats, and I'm gonna go to somebody that kind of was mentioned a little bit earlier on some comparisons. I'm gonna go Danny Briere, um, just a solid dude, and uh, you know I just think he would be fun to spend some time with, kick back a few beers, just talk and. Uh, we're not winning the race, obviously. Grabs us up front with Haynes, um, but uh, you know we we might be even with uh, with Grandy and and company over there, and Christian Fisher, and we'll just be tossing back, shooting some stuff around, and you know just having a good time. So that's where I think I'm going to go. Always like Danny Briere. Wish he never, you know, would have uh, not been a Coyote, but uh, that's all said and done now. But. Still an awesome person. Love to hear him talk, you know, especially when he came back uh, for the Dome celebration. Uh, just a stand-up dude, man. And always been a Breer fan. Well. Hmm. Actually, I'll give you guys a guess. Who do you think I'm going to pick besides Vermette? I'm not picking him. First thing I to guess. Pavel Biz. Datsuk. Biz. Pavel Datsuk. Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> Coyote's legend, Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, probably Biz, honestly. I think um, like personality, like, yeah, we're not going to win. With Michael Grabner, you, you, you won. You, you won the amazing race. You're, we're not going to top that. No one's going to top that. Uh, well, physically. But I feel like Biz, is be, he'd be fun, just with the, especially with the city portions of it. Probably the best part. And yeah, So I'm down for that. If it's a loss, I'll take it. That, that'd be a good day. Well, according I, to the vlogs, you're going to be paying for everything since he runs out on all the tabs all the time. So that's <laughs> what I have uh, his card for. <laughs> he's, he's the guy that went to college and has a career here, guys. Eh? Not me. So. I love how we all decided as soon as Hayes made his pick. Well, screw it. We're yeah, not. We lost. Yeah. I would have chosen Briscala, but I think I chose him for whatever the last session thing was. I'm pretty sure. So I was like, yeah, I'll pick somebody else. But Biz, yeah. The Biz or, or Cardi's legend, Pavel Datsuk. Yeah, See, I figured you Briscala. I, about... I wanted to give Christian Fisher some love because he doesn't get nearly enough. He gets way too much hate when he does his job, man. Unless you're yeah. Steve Peters. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought you were going to definitely take Brisgallo so you guys could, you know, sit there and talk about Russian Rockets and how you guys would have won the oh, race if you gotten into the Russian Rockets. So. Oh, man. That's a good one, too. And Brisgallo, I think Brisgallo is always a good pick. I can't think of a situation where he'd be a bad choice because even if it's like, this is a comedic choice, gold, you still won. You know, he's still, I don't know, I think he's a pretty physical guy. I feel like he could hold his own in like a fighting a bear or something. He's Russian. It's like in their blood, right? So it's just game, man. It's just game, man. <laughs> it's only game, like, but come on, man. It's Michael. We can beat these guys. It's only game. It's only game. I think that's it, boys. Any closing remarks you may have? Uh, just thank you all for listening to this extremely long, extremely ranty podcast. Um, we're gonna try to get back to a more regular schedule here again soon. Just uh. Well, yeah, like like we said, life's kind of kicked our ass lately, so... Um, oh, yeah. But, thank you all for the support. Thank you, Haynes, for being on. And we will hope to be back soon. Yep, as always, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Always love talking hockey with the boys. Haynes, you're not a guest anymore. You're, you're one of the boys. Yep, this is it. This is it. Welcome to the team. Uh, but, yeah, always a pleasure. And uh, I'll see you next time. And for all of your favorite Coyotes news, keep it right here. See you guys next time.